You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. First Corinthians chapter number 14 in your Bibles tonight. Who needs a fill-in-the-blank sheet this evening? Anybody? We got one. Anybody else over here? Fill in the blank sheet. Okay. Next week, I'm very excited. Uh, I have a series I'm starting next Wednesday. We'll go for 10 weeks on, we're doing, talking about the foundations of morality. And uh, in the Bible, the foundations of morality. And uh, so what's that going to be about? Well, there's 10 weeks. So what do you think we're doing? 10 commandments, ladies and gentlemen. Ten Commandments for the next ten weeks. Looking forward to that. There is some such some interesting thoughts around uh, when the Ten Commandments were given and why they were given, and, and some of the things that God was doing by giving the Ten Commandments, and even uh, with the the, uh, the Exodus out of of uh, Egypt by the children of Israel. And I think it's going to be very helpful and uh, be a blessing. So we're going to start that next week. And again, of course, Ten Commandments, so it'll go for ten weeks. Uh, but uh, t- tonight we're looking at 1 Corinthians 14. I want to speak on this topic of living on purpose. <clears throat> and uh, we just entered the new year. Well, first of all, do we miss anybody with a sheet? Anybody need a sheet, a sheet still? Okay, anybody need a pen? All right. Double shot of espresso? No? Okay. All right, so, uh, but uh, we're, we're looking at this tonight. As going into the new year, again, I spoke a little bit last week on, on the idea of, of, of the word later being a, a, a dangerous word. But I want to speak on tonight this idea of, of really how can, we, how can we make the most out of our years that we have on earth. And I want to just give you some very practical things. And I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And we're going to be looking at principles that we find in Scripture. Again, as we talked about, like, not everything that we have in our life has a direct verse that says, thou shalt use Google Calendar. You know, there's, there's not, like, a direct verse for everything, but there are principles that we'll, we will see and we will use tonight. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 40 says this, let all things be done decently and in order. Let all things be done decently and in order. Let's pray together. Father, we pray now for your blessing in this next few moments that we have. We have the Bible open. We try to get some practical thoughts tonight, God. Would you help us with that and really um, help us to see some ways that we could make better use of our time, redeeming the time because the days are evil, and uh, Lord, not wasting the opportunities that we have here on earth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want you to write this in. God is not chaotic. That's a weird statement maybe for some of you to hear. God is not chaotic. The, he, he doesn't author chaos. He doesn't author confusion. That's not what God does. The universe that you live in is ordered. It's ordered. It is finely tuned. Now, if you want to look up a great argument, which another series I'll be doing this year on Sunday nights is about defending our faith. Some, we're going to take some of the most common 
topics that people use against Christianity, and we're going to talk about how you defend your faith. And of course, evolution and the Big Bang Theory and all that is a big issue that people say. But if you want a great argument against evolution, then Google, and again, not during the service, but later, Google uh, the fine-tuning of the universe. Because the universe that we live in is so meticulously put together that to remove some of the, some of the laws that we have in, in uh, physics and gravity and, and, and mathematics, even quantum mechanics, all these different things, is to take away, it, it just wouldn't work. And so to see that this could not possibly be just an accident. Someone had to be putting it all together perfectly. And that's the universe that you and I live in, a finely tuned universe by a God who's omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. God puts things in their proper place. When God set the earth upon nothing in space, he set it where he set it on purpose. He knew exactly how far away from the nearest star it needed to be, from the sun. He knew exactly how far, uh, uh, you know, so it wasn't too close, so we don't burn to death, or so far away that we freeze. God knew exactly where to put things, and he does things orderly. So when we live a life of chaos, when we live a disheveled, disordered life, we are not really mirroring our creator that much. And so to, to be out of order, so to speak, is, is not really how we were created as humans. I want you to write this in. Where there is chaos, there's also confusion. Where there is chaos, there's also confusion. <clears throat> Look at verse 33. You're in 1 Corinthians 14. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. So God is not the author of the confusion that we see. Now you think about who, who, who loves confusion? Well, the devil loves confusion. The devil loves to say, hey, you got one Bible? Let me throw 50 at your way. Here's the Book of Mormon. Here is the Koran. Here is, you know, the Christian science monitor or whatever. Here's the watchtower. He, he wants to just, he doesn't care what you believe as long as it's not the truth. So he loves confusion. He, you know, it, it, people decide, you know, which, which God is the real God, and if there is a God, and which religious book do we read, and, and which religion do I join if I even join. He just wants people confused. That's not God, though. God wants it, God, God states the truth pretty clear, but the devil likes that chaos. So as we're looking at this tonight, we're getting some principles. Now, I know that, that, that chapter 14 is dealing, and we're going to deal with it on Sunday mornings when we renew our series on 1 Corinthians, but it's dealing with spiritual gifts in the church. But the principles here of our God are good to see. Notice when it says things in the Bible about God, that God does not author confusion and that God does things decently and uh, wants things done decently and in order. So I want to give you some just extremely practical things tonight about living on purpose. You know, I, I don't know if you can see the picture behind the, the, the words there. It's just a box of jigsaw puzzles that have been unopened just, and just dumped out. And, and honestly, like, we don't live our lives sometimes with the picture put together. Sometimes it's like, which piece goes here, which piece goes here? And we're living this chaotic lifestyle. 
And uh, we, we say, oh, we're just too busy to do this. We're too busy to do this. And, and uh, well, well, you know, I got family stuff. I got work stuff. I got church stuff. I got the extracurricular. And, and, and we live this life that just feels like chaos. That is not how God wants us or ordered us and made us to live. That, that, that's not how it's supposed to be. I don't think it was God's plan for you and I to run around and just feel like we don't have a handle on anything and, we're, and everything is in chaos. Now, I know that that's not everybody and that's not all the time, but sometimes it certainly feels that way, to me at least. So what are some things we can do to help with this? Let me give you five words to this morning. What is it? It's tonight. Five words tonight, okay? Number one is the word schedule. The word schedule. <clears throat> do you realize that God made the earth on a schedule. He had a plan for each of the seven days. He didn't wake up, because God doesn't wake up, and he didn't say, well, I wonder what I'll make today. No, he knew what he was gonna do. He created the world to orbit around the sun on a schedule. He, uh, he, the sun rises and sets on schedule on this flat earth that we're on. Now, I just wanna see if you're listening. It's not a flat earth, folks. It's, a, it's circular, all right, so, all right. No one's with me tonight, it's fine. Some of you, the word schedule is a dirty word. You're like, I don't want to talk about scheduling. I, you know, I like to be free. Some of you, it's an obsession. To schedule is like what you do and it's how you have fun. But, uh, you know, that, that's not most people. But learning to live by a schedule is very important. It's very important to live by a schedule on purpose and with order if you want to have a, a, an orderly life. Would you write this in? For the most part, what gets scheduled gets done. For the most part, what gets scheduled gets done. So well, let me ask you tonight, as you're thinking, what are your goals for this year? Did you set any goals? Did you have a goal to be more in your Bible, to finish your Bible? Do you have a goal for prayer? Do you have a goal for soul winning and church attendance? Do you have a goal for more time with your family? Is that a goal you set? Is there a, 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 time, a, you know, a goal? I want to build more Lego towers. I want to shoot more hoops with my kids. I want to do this. I want to have a family vacation. Do you have more goals for teaching and training? Do you have more goals for exercising? Do you have more goals for more date nights or more books you're going to read or whatever it may be, etc.? My next question would be, when are you going to do those? When are you going to do those? Ah, pastor, I've got, I've got all these goals. When are you going to do them? I'll find time, says the person who never finds time. You put them in your schedule. That's how you can live orderly. You, look, if you put it on your schedule, probably get done. You don't have to be a scheduling mastermind, okay? It doesn't have to be, you know, every moment of your day, but you need to find something that works for you and stick to it. Schedule. Um, you know, it could be you, you, you're an early riser. You know what time you get up. You know you're going to have coffee at this time. And then, but you've scheduled in time for your Bible and prayer. You've scheduled in time. You schedule in church, don't you? Schedule in other things. Schedule in time for your kids, for your spouse. Schedule. Uh, it, it, things, you will always get more done on purpose than by accident. That's the, that's the blank there. You will always get more things done uh, on purpose than by accident. So plan, schedule. I want to live orderly. I don't want to have a chaotic lifestyle. I, I want things in my life to be decently, uh, to be done decently and in order. It may help you to schedule those things. You, you, you already have a work schedule. What about the rest of your life? What about your life schedule? When's your family going to fit in there? 
When is it going to be Uno night with your kids, your grandkids? When is it going to be, you know, date night with the spouse? Whatever it is, schedule. The second word is the word balance. Balance. What an important word. People get out of balance all the time. Churches get out of balance. Some churches are, are, you know, we hate everyone. And some churches are, we accept everyone. Well, there's a balance in there. There's a balance of not necessarily accepting, but affirming everyone. You know, there, there is a balance in there. And, and we're trying, in our church anyway, we're trying to find the right balance of, of preaching the word of God, but also preaching it in truth and sincerity and helping people and loving people. Like we're, we're trying to find because there is a balance there. What does the word balance mean? A couple things, you know these definitions, but an even distribution of weight. Enabling someone or something to remain upright and steady. Well, I don't want to lose balance because I want my life to remain upright. I want my life to remain steady. It also means, in more of the terms that we're talking about, it's a, <coughs> excuse me, it's a condition in which different elements are equal or in the correct proportions, if you'll fill that in. The correct proportions. So you've got all these categories in your life, but we get out of balance when we put them in the wrong proportions. We're 80 hours of work week, 10 minutes with spouse. Trouble is coming. Why? Because you're out of balance. We're having, you know, all this time doing this, but no time with God. We're here, you know, we got the baseball games on Sunday, so we can't be at church. You're out of balance. And there's going to be problems that come because of that. I have in my office these little eagles here that my wife bought me, uh, or my kids, I think it was one of them, for, for uh, a gift. And, and uh, so I have two of these little eagles. So well, what's unique about the eagle? This is what's unique about the eagle, all right? It is, it's, it's balanced, perfectly balanced, as all things should be. It's right there. There it is. And uh, I don't know where to put it now. Right there. But uh, I'll just put it on my head for the whole time. Just pay attention. Oh, my, I found it. So, are you going to live... You, okay, your pastor's a seven-year-old. I'm sorry. All right. But it reminds me. I, I look at this sometimes and I think, hey, am I out of balance? Am I out of balance? Is my life what it's supposed to be? Jesus was the only perfectly balanced person to ever live. The Bible says in Luke 2.52, he increased in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and man. He increased physically, socially, spiritually. He, he, he developed in every way. You think about the spiritual gifts that we talk about. Jesus had every spiritual gift with none of the weaknesses. He, he was perfectly balanced in every way. I remember learning to ride a bike when I was a kid. You remember learning how to ride a bike? Um, it's probably different learning to ride a bike in Long Beach than it was, you know, in the South. There was much more space and everything. But, but uh, I learned to ride a bike. And the hardest thing about that, really, when you're starting to learn, for those of you adults who haven't learned yet, is you have to find your center of gravity. You have to be able to lean each way without falling off. Like, you find that center of gravity because you want to be balanced and not fall off. You know, there are many things in life that are good in moderation but bad in excess. There are many things in life that, hey, it's a good thing when you have the, the right proportion of it, but if you have too much, it's bad. Uh, sleep. Sleep is a good thing. There is a correct proportion of sleep that you need to have. 
Food. There is a correct proportion of food. When we get too much food, we get too little food. We get too much sleep, we get too little sleep, and we're out of balance, and many other things as well. Then, then there are dangers there. There has to be a balance. I think about Mary and Martha in the Bible, and, and Martha was cumbered about much serving in the kitchen when Jesus was there and Mary was worshiping. But, but in all of our lives, there needs to be a balance. There's a time to work and fill it in, a time to worship. There's a time to work and a time to worship. And of course, you know, properly working is a form of worship to God when you're giving it your all and having a good testimony about it. But there's a, there's a time for each. By the way, I, when I'm talking about uh, a balance, you say, well, th- that's good, Pastor. I've been meaning to cut back on some church. That's not what I'm talking about, all right? There's, that's not, no, you're supposed to be all in for the Lord, okay? The third word is the word prioritize. Get your life in balance. Hey, live by a schedule. Get some type of order in the chaos that's going on, but then prioritize. And again, there's a principle there with Mary and Martha about a priority. See, Jesus was only with them for a short time. And so Jesus was saying, look, the the priority is not the dishes in the kitchen. Those will still be there when he leaves. So the priority was right then, Christ is more important than the cooking and, and, and so, Martha, you, know, you need to come in and stop worrying about that. That's not what you need right now. You need time with the Lord. And so she came in, and, and, uh, and I'm, I'm glad and that we have that story there because that gives us a great priority, uh, a great uh, principle about priority. Now, I want you to write this in. Make the decision to prioritize the important things over the urgent things. Urgent things. Every time. My youngest comes to me about something. It's urgent. Come see this, Dad, right now. You know, or what? I mean, it's urgent. And sometimes things in life come at you, and it's like, do this right now. But you have to prioritize. The, now, I'm not saying, you know, your son comes to you, and he's got like a knife sticking out of his arm. Dad, I need you to take me. To, no, i got to read my Bible. Come back later. I'm not talking about, the, you know, there are some urgent things that are, ne- that are necessary. But there are things that are always going to grab you and say, you can't go to church on Sunday. You, you can't read your Bible today. Your prayer time, gone. That work you need to get done, gone. No, there are always urgent things, and you have to prioritize the important over the urgent. J.C. Penney, you may have heard of him. He said, if a man's business requires so much of his time that he cannot attend the services of his church, then that man has more business than God intended him to have. I like it. Thank you, J.C. Penney, for saying that. I'll shop at your stores now. The problem is not the work. The problem is the priorities. Priorities. And that's when people get out of balance, when their priorities are not right, and then there's danger there. If you've ever seen the illustration, you would know this phrase, the big rocks go in first. You ever see the illustration where you take like a little glass and you put all this sand and all these pebbles in and you put rocks where the rocks don't fit. But if you put the big rocks in first and then the pebbles and then the sand, it all fits perfectly. You know, we've seen that illustration before. Many of us have seen that. The the, the point is the big rocks go in first. The most important things in your life should be the things that you have scheduled in. The most important things in your life are the things that you give the most time to, the most importance to. What are, your, what are your personal priorities? What are your family priorities? What are your ministry priorities? Have you have, if you've got them figured out, then I would ask, are they on your schedule? 
If not, if, if you don't have a plan for them, urgent things are going to crowd them out. And can I just say, a text message is usually not urgent. Even phone calls. We live in a society where when someone texts you, they wait usually with their phone open. Because you're going to text them right back because they know that they're the most important person in the world to you. And so they're waiting. And, you know, you see the little three. And then they have this thing now where you can, you, and you, you've known this if you have an iPhone, that they can see if you read the text message. And if you read the text message but don't respond, oh, you're now a meme. You're now going to be on the Internet. You know, you left them on red, all this kind of stuff, because you did not respond. But can I just say, you're not in any obligation to respond right away. No one, no one owns your time. Someone calls you on the phone, you know, and expects a call back, whatever. Like, there are some times, yeah, you got to make the call, but other times you can just say, no, I'll get to that later. I'll respond to that later. I have more important things. Someone calls you during your Bible time, and you know it's not an emergency, hang up, turn your phone off. There are things like that you can do that are right to do because you're prioritizing. You're balancing your life. You're living on a schedule. Number four, the word is checkups. Now, I think something got mixed up with some of the sheets there and the thing, but number four is supposed to be checkups there, okay? Not a, not a letter D there. But that's the fourth. Is that a word or compound word? I'm not sure, but checkups is the word. I'm talking about introspection. I'm talking about self-examination. I'm talking about self-analysis. God told us, judge yourselves so that you don't be judged. What's he saying? Judgment, self-judgment, self-analysis, making it right with yourself. My wife taught me something recently, and uh, my wife is a gifted planner. She is very good at planning. She married someone that is not a gifted planner. I am, um, uh, and I'm talking about me, I am uh, not gifted in that area. Now, I work hard to be a good planner. Planned out the year's calendar. I plan out different things, but it's not easy for me. Some of you, 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 you sleep with your planner under your pillow, and it makes you feel good because like, it's just absorbing into your brain. That's how you feel because you love planning so much. And I want to just say, you drive us all crazy. But anyway, um, but I'm glad, and then we drive you crazy. So, but uh, she did not marry. Sometimes like on my day off, my wife would be like, what's your plans today? And I'm like, <laughs> Plans? My day off? What are you talking about? There are no plans. I'm just going to see where the wind takes me. I'm going to get out in the car and drive. You know, that's kind of how I am sometimes. But uh, usually involves like Pokey and Guitar Center. That's like my Monday, all right? But, but uh, she, she was talking recently, and this, and this was like something that just, wow, I learned something new here. When you are planning your goals and things for the year, you should actually like check up on them every once in a while and see how you're doing. And so every month, she uh, has taken her calendar, and every month, uh, the first of the month, she checks on her goals. I had a goal, and I literally looked at this the other day to see, what were my goals again for 2023? And one of the goals was get a gun license. I didn't remember that all year long. I was like, oh, yeah. I saw some other goals, and I was like, that's right. Get the gun license and kill this person. Yeah, I was going to do that. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, there was, and I was just like, because you make a goal, and then it's like, yes, it's the new year. And then there's no checking up. There's no analysis. 
And so you forget about them. And so, so check up on some things there. When's the last time, honestly, that you just sat down? I don't have time to sit down. You do. You have time to sit down. And just looked at your schedule, looked at your life, looked at your time with God, looked at your church attendance and ministry and said, okay, I'm going to do an evaluation. How am I doing? How am I doing? How's my giving? How's my attendance? How is my work life? How's my family life? And you sat down and you gave yourself a good, thorough analysis. It's important. It's important because if you just continue doing the same things you've always done, you'll always get the same things you've always got. And if you're not happy with your growth or where you're headed, then change some things. But here's the thing. Would you write this in? You have to be honest enough to correct yourself and change things. How's your schedule? Do you have a good schedule that works for you and your family? Is there a lot of stress in your family because things are out of balance? Out of balance? You know, you know, look through and evaluate and be willing to change. If there's chaos in your life, why is it there? Why is it there? What can I do? I need to examine myself, as the scripture tells us to do, obviously, for sin, but examine my lifestyle. I need to prioritize. Hey, Jesus first. Jesus told his disciples, hey, look, the love that you have for me should, should make everyone else pale in comparison. I mean, so, so these are biblical principles that we can get some truth from that are practical. But the last thing I want you to see is the word action. Action is the fifth word there. Action. Here's the question. How much time do we waste every day? I don't have an answer. I just want you to think on that. How much time do we waste every day? How much time do we waste on social media every day? How much time, and I mean waste, I mean waste, not like we're posting the gospel on our, we're wasting time on some things. I'm not against you posting pictures of your, you know, your dog or whatever. I'm just saying a lot of it we're looking through and we're just wasting time. How about YouTube? How about ESPN? You know, how about, uh, uh, you know, the, whatever it may be. Now, I, I, I am all for variety and planning sometimes where you're, you know, watching a sports game or whatever. But sometimes we're just wasting time. We're scrolling. We're wasting time every day. Someone said wasted time equals wasted years, which equals wasted life. I'm turning 40 next year. I've said that. You know that. And I have been thinking a lot about death recently. Go figure. Um, and not that I'm like planning it or thinking it's going to happen soon, but it just got me thinking about life. Like, it's quick. And I, I don't have any time to lose. I don't have any time to waste. I don't have a lot, comparatively speaking. So don't, don't let these things waste time. There comes a time on your sheet there. There comes a time to start, stop planning and start doing. Some of you plan so much, but you're procrastinating. You don't do. First Chronicles 22.6 is a verse I referred to last week. Uh, David speaking, he says, Arise, therefore, and be doing, and the Lord be with thee. David was telling Solomon, Solomon, you got the plans. You got the gold that I laid up. You got the wood. You got everything you need. It's time to do something. I think about Noah. 
God gave him the plans. He gave him the blueprints. But at a certain point, Noah had to actually start doing. So it's the same for us. I was making smash burgers the other day for our family. Brother Martin, you'd be proud of me. I was cooking, brother. I was doing a good job. And I was learning how to make smash burgers. And, um, boy, where was I going with that story? All right. So I, I remember now. That's good. It's going to be one of those stories where I tell it, and like six months later, I'm like, you guys remember? Yeah, some people still ask me about another story I told. Anyway, but I was getting everything ready. I had my grill on. I had the little griddle plate on there. I had everything organized and planned. And my wife was like, it feels like you're just procrastinating. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I'm trying to get the griddle heated up. You know, a little nervous trying to do this here. But uh, it, it, there comes a time you got to just get the meat on there. And smack. You got to get to work. You got, and they were, they were good, by the way. All right. I read a shirt one time, and it said this, Procrastination University, training tomorrow's leaders tomorrow. And then underneath it said, or maybe the day after. There was another shirt that said, Procrastinate today. Future you won't mind the extra work. Yeah, that's how it feels sometimes, right? John Maxwell said, the reality is that you will never get much done unless you go ahead and do it before you're ready. And that's true. Sometimes you just start. You just have to get started. In fact, one of the, one of, we have a book in the Bible, a book, an entire book of the Bible that is about what people did, not what they said, not how they felt. It's called the Acts, not the feelings of the apostles, not the wishes and dreams of the apostles, it's the acts of the apostles. And that's what they did. They acted. They got to work. So what are you going to do? Are you going to act on some changes this year? Are you going to act on putting some things in your schedule, prioritizing, looking at life and saying, okay, I'm out of balance here. I need to move this around so that I'm in proper proportions. I'm looking at my schedule. I'm prioritizing. And then after a month, I, I'm going to check up and see how am I doing? How am I doing? Hey, look, you, you get one life. Stop saying, well, I can't do it. You know, I'll just do this. Don't live mediocre. Don't settle for that. Just keep growing. And none of us are perfect. We all have to grow. But keep striving to do more for God than you've ever done before. Keep striving to live as God would have you live. Not chaotic. Not out of order. But no, there, there is an order, there is a, a uh, there is, I'm living life on purpose. Living it the, uh, on purpose, that's the thought tonight. So would you fill that in, the last blank there, are you living your life on purpose? Or is it just whatever happens, happens? No, on purpose. And God can change your plans tomorrow, I get that. But you ought to be saying, hey, I, wanna, I want to get, every, I want to wring the sponge dry. Every bit of life I can get out of it that God has given me, I want to do it. Is there chaos and confusion in your life? Or is there order and clarity? Just some thoughts as we're beginning a new year, and you say, well, I'm too old. No, you're not too old to start this. Let's see what we can do if we decide to live for Christ on purpose.